What's up everyone, welcome back to the Corner Post. Sorry this one's going up a little bit late for match day 33, but I wanted to include the Champions League and Europa League draw. As always, I'm Sebastian Quinn. Once again, alone, Dan is currently sick, unable to join us this week, but hopefully he will be back next week uh, to go through match day 34 and potentially crowning uh, the champions Manchester City, but we don't know just yet. I'll get into that when we come up to the game, but we'll start off first with the Champions League. Juventus, the ending to that game against Real Madrid, probably one of the most dramatic in years. Uh, Juve, uh, Mario Mandzukic scoring two goals, Blaise Matuidi picking another one up at the burnabout to come back to tie the draw 3-3, which I don't think anyone really saw coming. And then in the final minutes in injury time, a late penalty, Michael Oliver giving it uh, to Real Madrid and the Juve players absolutely losing it. Uh, against the English referee, Buffon coming across and just um, pushing him in the back. It was a very soft shove, uh, to be fair, but you cannot do that to a referee. Red card in potentially his last uh, Champions League I'm, I'm fa- Champions League game. I'm fairly sure that's probably probably it, and that's an oxymoron in itself uh, for Buffon. But a uh, deserved red card, I would say. You can't do that to the referee. And I would, I think that this is a penalty. You know, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, he got the ball with his left leg." Uh, coming across to make the tackle, but at the same time, the only way he makes that tackle with his left leg is if he knees him in the back with his right leg. So I think definitely the push in the back, he's got his arms there, knee in the back as well. Um, Lucas Vasquez goes down very easily, to be to be fair, but at the same time, you hit someone like that in, in the back as well, in the penalty box. You can't make a tackle from behind regardless. Uh, so to do it in the air like it was there, I definitely think it was a penalty in that case. Right decision, Michael Oliver. Stand by him. Uh, obviously, the Italian media uh, didn't. They just about crucified him and all the Juve players. It was funny on their Instagram after all posting, oh, you know, football isn't fair and we deserve better, blah, blah, blah. And Buffon came out and said that he has a um, a garbage heart, which I think it just got very emotional for all the Juve players to come back and, you know, have come back from 3-0 down, you know, the loss at home and their pride on the line to play so well. And it was a it was a good game from both teams. Don't get me wrong. Real Madrid had some great chances. Varane hitting the bar. And Ronaldo and Bale with some plenty of chances. But Buffon had a good game himself. You know, to come back from where they were to get snatched that 3-3 draw. And then to all of a sudden just have plucked out of the air. I mean, you got to be so disappointed and just, you know, overcome with emotion. And to almost know that, you know, a penalty is more than likely going to go in as well. It's almost, it's an almost certain goal. Um, especially when you're facing an ex-Arsenal keeper in Wojciech Szczesny, it's it doesn't um, your odds go substantially higher given the fact that he played Arsene Wenger, played under Arsene Wenger, excuse me. So that was some just crazy drama there. What made it even better was Roma coming back from a 4-1 deficit, three goals as well, in uh, losing to Barcelona first uh, in the first leg, but picking up that crucial away goal through Edin Dzeko. Uh, they all they scored three goals to come back and stun the La Liga giants. Uh, Jacko Manolas uh, scoring as well in this one, and De Rossi scoring too. That was just you know unbelievable. You wake up to those scenes. Man- Manolas scoring in the 82nd minute, so very late on too as well for him. And I mean Italy just you know got to be all over the place right now. You got Roma going through Turin just in shambles, um, just crazy. And you know Felipe uh, Coutinho. No longer in the Champions League after, you know, wishing for that with Liverpool for so long and then being knocked out uh, with Barcelona. And obviously, um, you know, I'll get to Liverpool with their 2-1 win 
<clears throat> over Manchester City. Just huge for them, you know, to go into Man City after conceding very early. Gabriel Jesus, I think scoring inside five minutes or so, but to come away uh, with the victory at the Etihad is just, <clears throat> you know, absurd. considering they came away with a 3-0 win the first leg, to then go do it away from home is even more impressive, especially considering that Pep Guardiola basically was set up to say, okay, we're going to come back and win this uh, win this tie. So it's an interesting um, conversation to be had with Manchester City, whether, you know, this puts a dent in their in their year or, you know, how that how exactly that impacts them uh, and their psyche and Pep Guardiola. But at the same time, like, when you're 13 points clear of the champ of um, the league uh, chases Manchester United, uh, you know, 13 points clear in the league, I should say, you know, a 2-1 loss to Liverpool, who we played very well in this game. Well, both sides, once again, playing very well. To do that, to lose at home, yes, disappointing. To lose three in a row, which we will get to the Manchester derby, even more so. But at the same time, this year, take the Premier League. You know, you dominated all year. Next season, go out and say, listen, you know, we're going to compete seriously for all four titles. You know, every single trophy that's on offer, particularly... Uh, the Champions League trophy, of course, because it is such a prestigious title. We're going to go out and just try to dominate everything. So don't be surprised if Man City go out and buy even more uh, players this offseason. In the only game with no real drama, <laughs> Munich nil, Sevilla nil. Uh, Munich going through with the 2-1 away win in the first leg. And it was just such an anti-climax after all these huge games for the German Giants, who did just wrap up the Bundesliga title uh, to not even score. You know, Lewandowski had a great chance. Uh, Mats Hummels as well. Uh, surprisingly, with a very well-placed shot uh, that just went wide uh, of the mark. So, yeah, just an underwhelming finish to the Champions League, I got to say, all things considered. But the draw, which is why I waited to put this podcast out just a little bit later, Bayern Munich facing off against Real Madrid. Meanwhile, Roma hosting Liverpool. I mean, two huge games. I think my predictions for this game, Roma to lose against Liverpool. Liverpool are going to be going all out for this Champions League now that the Premier League is basically done. Munich and Real Madrid, I don't know. See, Munich in that second leg were just as unconvincing as Real. But Real did... The thing is, Real did play well against an opponent that was coming out guns blazing to go get this to go get this win in Juventus. So, I'm a little... And I'm hesitant because Bayern Munich did play Sevilla, did get that 2-1 win, but that second leg was just so underwhelming. And Sevilla did have their chances too. So it's not like they walked all over them, but just couldn't score. So kind of feeling Madrid in this tie, you know, it's obviously a little bit harder with it being two, a two-leg uh, uh, clash between the two sides. But I'm going to go through Madrid and Liverpool to face off in a, what's potentially going to be a huge final. You know, the first English team in there since... Well, it would have been Chelsea, Man United all those years ago in, what, 2010, 2011. So, um, going to be big. I hope they do make it for the sake of Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool. You know, such a, a good year, you know, losing Coutinho and basically playing better after he left anyway. You know, that they do need some kind of vindication and, you know, some rainbow at the end of the, um, you know, some uh, gold at the end of the rainbow or light at the end of the tunnel or whatever cliche you do want to go with uh, that's there for you. So, uh, let me know your thoughts on the Champions League, was it a penalty? Wasn't it a penalty in the Juve Real Madrid game? Let me know your predictions for these games. Uh, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Roma, Liverpool. That's on Twitter. That's at Seb underscore Quinn. On Instagram, that's at the Corner Post Podcast. And on Twitter, 
at The Corner Post. Plenty of social media outlets to reach us on. So please send in your love, send in your questions, any criticisms for the show, send it through on there and we'll be sure to get back to you and read them live on air and we can actually uh, answer them, have some discussion with Dan next week when he comes back. We'll move over to Europa League action. Salzburg uh, overturning a first leg 4-2 defeat to Lazio to come back to win 4-1 at home, ending in a 6-5 aggregate win uh, for them. Red Bull, unfortunately, losing their other team in uh, RB Leipzig uh, with a 5-2 win, uh, sorry, with a 5-2 loss against Marseille. Uh, Marseille really coming out in this game, putting five past them after the first leg uh, game as well. Atletico, meanwhile, uh, advancing with a 2-1 aggregate win over Sporting Lisbon, who did who did actually pick up the victory, but it was only 1-0 in that second leg. Arsenal, meanwhile, also going through a 2-2 draw in Russia, conceding two goals early before Danny Welbeck and Aaron Ramsey scored. Uh, to tie the game, advancing 6-3 on aggregate. The semi-finals now, unfortunately, uh, we're not going to get the Arsenal-Atletico Madrid final because that is the first semi-final up. The other one, uh, Marseille and RB Leipzig, uh, sorry, RB Salzburg as well. A very, very interesting uh, semi-final tie between all these teams. You know, Marseille putting five past uh, Leipzig in that second leg. But Arsenal-Atletico, naturally the big talking point. A lot of people hoping for this game to be the uh, final for the Europa League. But, you know, some things just aren't meant to be. At the same time, I I feel like whoever wins this tie could potentially win the whole thing. But Marseille right now, not even just with that 5-2 win, but Marseille right now are my dark horse to take home uh, the Europa League title, even if Arsenal go through. You all know I'm an Arsenal fan. Uh, But even if if Arsenal do go through, I think Marseille might pull this one out um, and just shock, shock the world and come away with that. But... My predictions, you know, I have to go with Arsenal being an Arsenal fan. Atletico in some hit and miss form right now. I don't know, you know, what's really going on. You know, they did lose the sporting in that second leg. Uh, before that, a bit of an iffy run in the uh, La Liga run as well. Marseille and uh, Salzburg, oh, I think, uh, you know, I got to go with Marseille uh, after saying that they are the dark horse. So I can't really go back on my word there. So let me know your thoughts on that. But we will finally uh, get to some Premier League action a up and down uh, match day 33. Sorry, that wasn't a testy pop, but I just got really excited. Um, you know, some big games followed by some really just nothing games as well. So uh, we'll start off with the huge Manchester derby. Of course, Man City with the chance to win the title. Uh, but with the Champions League draw in the back of their minds, they fall to Paul Pogba and England's World Cup savior, Chris Smalling. Mourinho's men Delaying what is still an inevitability for Man City, but yet another win against this top six team for United. What does that mean for them? I mean, that's got to be huge going into next year. Of course, I've told Dan before on the podcast that there's, you know, this year was just an absolute write-off for everyone. You know, Man City, just it's an outlier. It's never going to happen again. I mean, it could happen again, but it's unlikely that will happen again. Any other season, any other average season, and Man United and Man City are neck and neck. Uh, to win this. And United have won big games. They beat Chelsea, they beat Arsenal, they've now beaten City. Um, I don't know if I include Spurs as a big team or not being an Arsenal fan, but, you know, they've done well against these top six teams. Um, you know, there was that 2-2 draw with Burnley, who still sits seventh, but still. Um, they've done quite well to be where they are, and they're, you know, drawing and losing some games that they shouldn't be. But these big games, they come out and perform. You know, they may be, they may play defensive. United fans might not like that style, but you can't argue with a 3-2 win against your crosstown rivals in their home stadium. Like, 
you know, I mean, Paul Pogba coming out of nowhere to score a double and then Chris Smalling, you know, he'll score, what, maybe four goals a season at most. But at the same time, you know, you take a win or you take a win. And for them to beat all these other teams in a regular season where, you know, City aren't 13 points clear. I mean, United's won the title at this point. And maybe not right now, but, you know, closer to the end of the season, surely, you know, with they, they've they wrapped it up. You know, they've, won, they've been all these big teams. You know, they've beaten Man City. And so now, you know, they've won those, you know, what's normally relegation six-pointers, uh, you know, at the top of the table, they're, they're just as valuable. So, um, you got to kind of feel for Man United, you know, any other season, they would do quite well. So, uh, as I said, City now just 13 points clear. Some of their fans around the ground crying and sobbing, and naturally, you would be fairly upset uh, given the team was, you know, such a huge occasion, uh, you know, Champions League in the back of their minds, of course, but it would have been amazing to win the title against your rivals at home in front of your fans, but... It just wasn't meant to be. City will now be, need to beat Spurs this week and have United lose to be officially crowned champions. That would put them beyond reach uh, after match day 34. But we'll move on. Arsenal 3, Southampton 2. An early goal to Shane Long, cancelled out by Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and England's other World Cup saviour, Danny Welbeck, who picked up the double, picked up a double plus the assist on the game. Some woeful defending from Shrokan Mustafi. Uh, and he was a, he's in quite a rough patch right now. Just His decision-making is definitely questionable. And right there was just some lack of communication between him and Czech on this one. But at the same time, Czech was so much further away uh, from the ball. Mustafi kind of saw Czech go for it and then turned his head. It was, uh, it was unfortunate timing. But at the same time, as a defender, when the ball's going within the six-yard box, unless the goalkeeper calls keeper or says he's going to get it, you get to that ball and you get rid of it. You do not doubt for one second... Uh, that anything else is going to... You have to go get that ball and make sure it's not going to go anywhere near the back of the net. Shane Long picking that one up. A very soft goal uh, for the Gunners in that one there. Warbeck, meanwhile, hitting a nice patch of form, even if it is a season, that doesn't particularly matter uh, to most fans. It, he did pick up the assist, plus two goals, a nice little flick uh, for Bamiang to get his one as well. And also scoring in the uh, Europa League tie as well with Ramsey. Uh, against CSKA Moscow uh, to Southampton now sitting in the drop zone on 28 points in 18th place. It does not look like uh, it's going to be a good finish to the season for Southampton. Very few games remaining, very few winnable games remaining. And I say that in a very pessimistic way, but at the same time, Southampton, even against smaller teams, have not been performing. But speaking of smaller teams, Chelsea won, West Ham won a goal to Chicharito in the 73rd minute Salvaging a draw for West Ham after Cesar Azpilicueta opened the scoring for the Blues early on. The point pushes West Ham to 14th on the table, while Chelsea now sit a full 10 points behind Spurs in 4th and only 3 points ahead of Arsenal in 5th. So definitely worrying times for Antonio Conte. Given the lack of results and the board is absolutely 100% against him. You know, they haven't been coming out saying, you know, we support the Italian or, you know, he has our full backing. It is, you know, the Premier League's worst kept secret that Conte will, you know, is going against the board, is, you know, clashing heads with the big guns in the back room of Chelsea. I feel like right now it's merely a formality uh, for him to finish the season before being released. Let me know where you think he will end up going. Well, first of all, let me know if you think he'll end up being fired. I think he's still a quality coach. And, you know, one season, he came in and won the Premier League title. Like, that doesn't happen in England. You don't just walk in and win. I mean, you know, even Guardiola after coming in 2011, 2012, you know, that <clears throat> that does not happen. You know, that's not meant to happen anyway. So, you know, Conte, 
give him another year, get some more money in there. You bought Morata, who's had an up and down season. Of course, you know, a few injuries here and there too. Um, just reimburse the team, you know, re- replenish the team with some more defenders. You know, and this is weird to say for Chelsea because obviously they spent quite a bit uh, this offseason picking up Danny Drinkwater as well. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do to win the title. And when you've got Man United and Man City going out and buying every player on the block, you got to go out and do the same thing. You know, it's the unfortunate reality of the Premier League right now. But uh, we'll move on to Spurs 2, Stoke 1. Uh, Harry Kane's return to the starting 11 just a month after an injury that was meant to sideline him for three months saw him controversially score in the 63rd minute to win the game for Mauricio Pochettino. Controversially. And this is probably just as funny as it was controversial. It was a free kick from Christian Eriksen who whipped it into the box. Kane swearing that the ball touched him or touched some part of his body. I don't know what. Um, swearing that he touched his body to pick up that goal, which would put him on 25 uh, for the season. He actually lodged an official complaint to the FA because the goal did initially go to Christian Eriksen with the freak. It does look like, at first glance, it looks like he touches it. Upon second viewing, it looks like that it just goes straight through. Upon third viewing, you're up in the air and you're like, well, I don't know what the hell's going on. But Kane came out and then he said he swears on his daughter's life that he touched the ball. And I really hope, you know, I don't think Kane um, would come out and say that sort of thing unless he actually did. And, you know, a golden boot versus your daughter's life. And obviously these things are cliche and not actually meant to be taken literally, but... I mean, that has very serious, comp- um, you know, consequences. You don't say that sort of thing. And I'm a huge believer in karma. Like, you don't come out and say that sort of thing unless it actually happened because God knows what's going to happen to your daughter if he's actually lying. So, fingers crossed for Harry Kane's sake and his daughter's sake that actually did touch the ball. Uh, if he does get it, it'll bring him on 25 goals for the season. Mo Salah uh, currently still sitting on 29, but it's a great segue into the Merseyside derby, a nil or draw. Uh, Liverpool nil, Everton nil, a tame Merseyside derby, uh, rather ending in a goalless draw. Jurgen Klopp definitely fielding a B-side in this one with Dominic Solanke and Danny Ings starting up front with Ragnar Klavan, interestingly, uh, playing at left-back. Not sure how well that would have gone for the team, but Liverpool obviously holding out out for the uh, Champions League clash against Man City. Naturally, it paid off uh, because they did get the win. A nil or draw against Everton, really no big deal in that one. As I said, Mohamed Salah <clears throat> being rested after the uh, injury he picked up in that first leg against Man City, coming back for that second leg, uh, but he still sits on 29 goals for the season with just five games remaining in this one. Going to be a very tight race, and I don't blame Kane for really trying to pick up that goal because, you know, Kane, I mean, two games, if he gets four goals in two games, they're equal again. And, you know, I'm sure there's a monetary, um, you know, uh, incentive for him to actually get this victory, to get the uh, golden boot for the season. But, you know, how good would it be to have two players crack the 30-goal mark uh, for that? You just very rarely see it in the Premier League these days. Uh, we'll move on to some smaller games for this one. And no offense to any of these teams or uh, any of their supporters groups. It's just some very quiet uh, bits of football. So Brighton won, Huddersfield won. The battle of Aaron Moy and Matt Ryan ends all square, which gives Brighton some breathing space on the chasing pack, but leaves Huddersfield just four points adrift of the drop zone. Concerning times uh, for Chris Hewton and Huddersfield, but Brighton, I hope, should be okay. David Wagner as well. I think that these two teams have a very, a very real possibility of, you know, not dropping, but sitting around this 13 to 16 mark, which is exactly where Brighton and Huddersfield are. And if results do go against them, 
then both, like I said, Chris Huden's team and uh, David Wagner's team have a very good chance of sitting really, really close to the drop zone, which you don't want to see. Obviously, two Aussies finally making it to the Premier League. It's going to be um, you know, a really great World Cup, hopefully, for Australia. Um, I don't think, you know, all I want to see is Australia actually play well as opposed to getting results. But anyway, we're not going to go through there. Uh, Leicester 1, Newcastle 2, Ayosi Perez uh, and Aaron Moy's doppelganger, John Joe Shelby, both scoring for Newcastle. Perez with a lovely chip to beat Peter uh, Schmeichel on this one. And Jamie Vardy scoring late on to put the pressure on, but nothing came of it as the Foxes losing at home. Leicester City now sitting in eighth position, just two points ahead of Everton on 41 uh, points in ninth. They do have a game in hand, Leicester, but at the same time, it could still go against them given their recent form and lack of goal scoring, quite frankly. Jamie Vardy's put some away, but it's been a very abysmal run uh, for the Foxes in uh, to end the season. Uh, meanwhile, Bournemouth uh, to Crystal Palace to a late goal to Josh King, salvaging a point at home against the Eagles, who are now on a shockingly bad run um, of conceding goals inside the last 10 minutes of a game, while they still sit just outside the relegation zone uh, on seventh, in 17th on 31 points. Roy Hodgson probably biting his nails at night. It is going to be a tough finish uh, for them to end the season. Meanwhile, shout out to Wilfred Zaha, who pulled off quite possibly one of the goals of the season with a lovely Maradona spin before smashing the ball into the back of the net. If you haven't seen this one, please Google, please YouTube, uh, find this goal and you'll absolutely love it. It's definitely a contender for one of the goals of the season up there. Final one, Watford 1, Burnley 2, Sam Vokes and Jack Cork of all players uh, scoring for Burnley in a rare away win uh, this uh, this season, <clears throat> Roberto Pereira scoring the 61st minute after a quiet first half for both sides before the double saw, saw Sean Dyche's men uh, blitz the team with a three-minute spell, uh, let them pick up the victory. All right, so as always, I'd like to finish with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I do know this has been a very uh, short podcast so far, but uh, we'll start with the good, obviously, being Juve and Roma, their comebacks. Uh, the Juve one falling, unfortunately, short, which I did speak about, but I will get to. Uh, no surprises with the bad and the ugly for this one. But Roma, I mean, what a comeback. Down 4-1 after the Barcelona game. I mean, really, that game did not, um, you know, they did not deserve, in the first leg at least, they really... Uh, were outplayed by Barcelona, Barcelona at that point. But this is also a good point to talk about the away goals rule because a lot of people have been saying that it's not really worth keeping uh, in the Champions League. You know, you should just go out and score goals. Whoever wins, wins. But, you know, that away goal, Dzeko, if it wasn't for that, they don't go through. Or, you know, at least it goes to extra time, you know, with a 3-3 three, three, uh, tie. But, yeah, that away, you know, that, oh, sorry, it would have been 4-0 that first leg and then 3-0 that second leg and Barcelona would have gone through... Um, gone through, you know, just because they won by more goals. So that away goal, you know, I do like it. It does does give teams, you know, some chance of actually, you know, salvaging it. And Roma's, you know, perfect example. So that's the good for this week. The bad, the penalty late on, and it's not so much the penalty itself, but rather the reaction from everyone uh, to it. I, like I said, I do think it was a penalty. You know, it was very you know controversial at the time, but replaying it, you know, there are so many camera angles on it. It's a very clear penalty. I mean, at that, that point, I'm just thinking, it's like, yep, he's kneed him in the back. He's pushed him over. Vasquez does go down quite easily, but at the same time, he's hit him and he's gone down. But the reaction to it, the Italian media, every front page was like, you know, this is why we don't have English uh, referees in the Champions League finals anymore. This is why you know, the English referees don't deserve to be in the Champions League, all this other stuff, just really, 
you know, quite you know defaming to Michael Oliver. I did feel quite bad for him, but the amount of just cojones to call that in such a controversial game, such a drama-filled game, you know, to do that and have the the courage really to make the right call at the right time. I mean, you know, the Spanish, I'm sure Real Madrid have sent him many, many gift baskets uh, to say thank you for that one. Um, We'll move on uh, to the ugly. And this one goes to Gigi Buffon. Uh, You know, like I said, quite possibly his last Champions League game. Uh, The quotes after saying that Michael Oliver has a garbage bin for a heart. I mean, really, you know, you see that he speaks, he's a very eloquent man uh, and a very mature man. Obviously, you know, you watch these Netflix uh, series and, you, you know, he talks about, you know, how football is beautiful and he's so poetic about it and all this other stuff. But, I mean, really, he just needs to, at this point, um, he, at that point, sorry, he need, needed to just back off, cop the penalty. He was so against and obviously very overcome with emotion. But, my word, just unbelievable finish. Uh, you know, obviously, you don't like seeing an Italian legend uh, being sent off, much in the same way uh, that Zidane saw the end of his career finish with a red card. I hope that, you know, for his sake, it isn't the last, at least not the last game, but at the same time, you know, he's very aware of his age, very aware that Chesney, you know, is a, it kills me to say this, but he's actually a decent goalkeeper. Um, You know, while he wasn't at Arsenal, but while he's been with Juve, you know, the culture's turned him around. You've got, you know, a great keeper waiting in the wings. It would be the perfect time to retire uh, for him and go out, unfortunately, on a low note, but at the same time, you know, the quarterfinal with Juventus, you know, another title. I think that's their sixth or seventh consecutive Italian league title. I mean, really, uh, Gigi Buffon, just an absolutely wonderful career. Unfortunately, you know, missing out on the World Cup this year, but at the same time, just, I can't speak highly enough of how much, you know, this man has done for Italian football, Italian football for Juventus, uh, for just teams across the world, for Italians across the world, you know, watching him on and just, you know, diehard supporters. But, um, yeah, just that has to be the ugly for this week anyway. But we'll wrap up the podcast there. Thank you, everyone, for listening. My apologies for this one going up late. But as I said, I did want to wait for the Champions League draw and the uh, Europa League draw as well, of course. If you did enjoy the show, please leave us a rating on iTunes. Leave us a review. Everything really helps. As always, you can also hit me up on Twitter. That's at Seb underscore Queen. You can get Dan on Instagram. That's at Dan Rostevsky. You can reach the show at the Corner Post podcast on Instagram and at the Corner Post on Twitter. Send your love, send in any questions you have. We'll read them on air, give you a shout out as well. And that's about it. And never forget, if you're having a bad week, at least you're not Manchester City. 